excited about them. this last message here on, on angels. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, divine intervention. We've given you that definition. The word angels in the Hebrew literally means messengers. Messengers of God sent forth to deliver messages to God's people. Divine intervention. Last Sunday night, we ended uh, by talking about a couple of incidents in the life of Daniel, how that Gabriel gave him a message, and then how that Michael showed up, the warring angel, to help the the answer to his prayers be delivered. Well, we didn't get over to Daniel in the lion's den, and I know that's a very familiar story, but we want to highlight some things in that account in the Bible. We know that Daniel, he had favor with King Darius. But the Bible says that he was full of wisdom and there was an excellent spirit found within him to the degree that the king, he had it in his mind to elevate Daniel, to put him in charge of much of his kingdom. Well, you know, jealousy is still, it was rampant then and it's still rampant today. So here was this young Hebrew uh, man, good looking, full of wisdom, an excellent spirit in him. And all the people started, the men around King Darius started getting jealous when they saw how much favor that he had with the king. So they decided, well, you know what? Let's just do a decree. Let's find something that we can get on Daniel and then we'll have the king sign a decree so we can get rid of him. It's kind of interesting. The only thing that they could come up with was that, you know what he does? He prays to his God three times a day. Hmm. There's a thought. I wonder if that's what our critics would come up with. If they looked at our lives and said, well, you know what? Those Christians, they're so, they're so full of wisdom. They're so, have such an excellent spirit. They live such godly lives. Let's get them on the fact that they love God too much and they pray all the time. I don't think I've ever heard a Christian accused of that. But anyhow, what was Daniel's reaction to this decree? Well, we'll read a few of these verses here in Daniel chapter 6. Let's look at verse 10. Did Daniel run home and shut his windows and say, Okay, I'm never going to pray again. No, this is what Daniel heard when the decree went out. And we know what the decree was, actually. Let me tell you what the decree was. The decree was anybody who prays to any other god other than this statue that we have made of King Darius for 30 days, if anybody prays to another god, we're going to throw them in the lion's den. That was the decree. And they got the king to sign it. So what did Daniel do? Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, He knelt down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as his custom since early days. As his custom since early days. I want to say again, 
both messages were outstanding today. But when pastor was exhorting on faithfulness, it was like the spirit of God was just speaking straight through him to the hearts of all of us here, exhorting us that there's benefits to being faithful. This thing that says, as his custom was, that screams to me that Daniel was faithful. He was faithful to his God. He was faithful to pray. That's, and it, it caused such favor to come upon his life. That's why the king wanted to promote him and exalt him. A faithful man will abound with blessings. So it was his custom. And he just kept on doing what he had been doing. You know, if it had been today, those guys, those evil guys that made this degree, they, they would have had their phones. They would have had their little iPads and they would have been recording him up there in that window. And it would have been all over YouTube. Look what he's doing. How dare him? Social media would have been exploding with what Daniel was doing against this decree. But of course, we know they ran and they reported it to the king. So when the king found out, the Bible tells us that he was very displeased with himself. He was like, ah, they trapped me. They snared me. He thought of everything he could do. He tried to reverse it. He tried to get Daniel out of this situation. And they kept saying, nope, nope, it's written. You signed it. You signed it. You got to be a man of your word. You got to abide by it. So in verse 16, the king finally gave the command. And they brought Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, read this last part with me. Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Wow. This man, this king had faith in Daniel's God because he saw how Daniel loved him, how Daniel was faithful to him, how Daniel obeyed him. And he speak in faith. The king had seen that God was active and he was alive and he was strong in Daniel's life. Hallelujah. So then the Bible tells us that the king stayed up all night. He said his sleep went from him. He's tossing, he's turning. He's like, oh, this is a horrible long night. I I just dread what I'm going to see early in the morning. But it said early in the morning, he ran out to the lion's den. And part of verse 20, the last part says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lion's den? Do you see how often that word continually is used? Faithful, faithful, faithful. The God that you have served faithfully, has he delivered you? Well, what do you think the answer was? Verse 22. My God. Woo. Don't you know the king was happy when he heard his voice? Oh, my God has sent his angel. He shut the lion's mouth so that they have no not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O oh king. I have done no wrong before you. He had confidence. Pastor talked about that this morning. He had boldness. He had confidence because he knew he was living.
living right. He knew he was in covenant with a covenant-keeping God. And he knew that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing continually. Of course, I'm sure he missed it. We all miss it. But he had faith in the fact that I'm in covenant and I'm walking in the light that I have received. And my God has delivered me. Well, we don't, we're talking about angels tonight. So look at that phrase. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. Did you know that God sends angels today and he's still shutting people's mouths? He will send an angel to shut the mouth of your accuser. He'll send an angel to shut the mouth of those that are gossiping. He'll send an angel to shut the mouth of talking heads on TV. I'm just waiting for some of them to go dumb right on television and can't spew out their doubt and their unbelief. God specializes in shutting mouths that need to be shut. You know, the Bible, I think it's symbolic because the angel of the Lord was sent to shut the mouth of lions. And what does it say over in, in Peter? It says that the enemy, the devil, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible also says that he, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. So this just is symbolic to me that our God will send his angel and he will shut the mouth of our accusers. He will shut the mouth of the roaring lion, the devil, when he rises up with accusations against us. Woo! Hallelujah! We got divine intervention. We got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? You know what the answer is? Ha ha. No one, no one is a match for our God and the angelic host that are on our side. More are they that are with us. We know the end of this story. Those wicked men that had plotted against Daniel, they ended up in the lion's den. And those lions were super duper hungry. They hadn't eaten all night. And it's a gory thought, but them and their families did not last long. Those lions had a delicious lunch that day at their expense. Hallelujah. This story, I love this story. It goes on and it says in verse 27. And 26, that after this happened, this is a result of divine supernatural intervention. Verse 26, King Diaris, he says, I make a decree that in every domain, dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He is steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. And his dominion shall for, shall endure to the end. Verse 27 is also too. And he delivers and he rescues. I just love that term. He delivers and he rescues. 
How many of you needed to be rescued in your life? All of us needed to be rescued out of the pit, out of the miry clay, out of sin. And Jesus reached down. He delivered us and he rescued us and he worked signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Do you think God got some glory to himself that day? Hallelujah. I want to just say, preach it, King Darius. He started saying how big God was. The gospel was proclaimed. A new t- degree, t- t- degree, decree <laughs> went out all across the land that now Daniel's God is a living God. Hallelujah. I'm expecting signs and wonders just like that to happen in our day and in our time. Supernatural, divine intervention. It gets the attention of kings. It gets the attention of the leaders of our nation. When God shows up and God shows himself strong. Hallelujah. There's fixing to be a lot more. Of that happening. Hallelujah. And God. People will know that God. He is God. Well you want to look at some more accounts. Where angels showed up tonight. Hallelujah. Let's look over. In the book of Exodus. Glory to God. Exodus chapter 23. We want to read beginning in verse 20. Out of the Amplified. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep and guard you on the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. That just makes me want to shout right there. I don't know about you, but we got angels going before us. They're not only protecting us, they're keeping us, they're guarding us, but they are helping to bring us to the place, the place, Woo! the place of provision, the place of health and healing, the place of joy and peace, the place he has prepared for us. Now, what are we supposed to do about that? This is our part. Verse 21, you need to give heed to him, listen to and obey his voice. Talking about the angel. The angel's going to show you some things. And you need to be in tune with what the Spirit of God is saying. And maybe what this angel of the Lord, this message that he is bringing. Listen to. Obey his voice. Be not rebellious before him or provoke him. For he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. And then verse 22. But if you indeed listen to... And obey his voice and all that I speak. Then I will be an enemy to your enemies. And an adversary to your adversaries. Woo! Hallelujah! 
We've established in the, in the past weeks that every single one of us has a guardian angel. We all have at least one angel. And I believe we got a host of angels at our disposal. And they, we may not ever see them. I've never seen them. I know people that have seen angels. I heard someone tell me recently that they've seen Pastor Mark's angel a couple of times when he's ministering. They are real. They are in the realm of the spirit, but they are supernatural beings. And whether we ever see them or not, I believe that they will even, they will help us. They are helping us. They'll give you, through the Spirit of God, they can give you promptings in your spirit. They can touch you on your shoulder and say, don't go that way. Or do go this way. And the more engaged that we get in the workings of God, the more obedient we are to put His Word first place, the more angels will get involved in helping to carry out God's plan for our lives. Again, verse 20, he said, they will bring you, he will bring you to the place I have prepared for you. And then he he does a warning. He says, don't be rebellious. Be obedient to follow after the word. Be faithful to serve the Lord your God and to acknowledge him in all of your ways. Get on the Lord's side. Those who oppose the work of God are on the wrong side. And he, he made it clear. He said in verse 22, I will be an enemy to your enemy. And an adversary to your adversaries. We don't want to be an enemy of God. I'm telling you that for sure. We want to be on the Lord's side. We want to abide in the secret place of the Most High. Under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. I'm quoting Psalms 91. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my help. Pastor's done excellent teaching on Psalms 91, and we're not going to take the time to go through that whole chapter, but I encourage you to look it up. Gloria Copeland has wonderful teaching on it. Psalms 91 is where we need to be living in this day and in this age. We need to be on the Lord's side, and we need to be abiding in His Word, following after the promptings of the Spirit. But I do want to look at verse 11 of Psalms 91. We're just going to pick out one verse. We're talking about angels. Angels that go before us. Keep us. Guard us. I love that phrase. Bring you to the place I have prepared. And this is something else that they do for us. Psalms 91 verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Doesn't that just sound like what we just read in Exodus to keep you and to guard you in all of your ways. Giving your angels charge. I looked up the word charge and I just got blessed. This word charge literally means to give as a task or duty. To make 
responsible for. We got angels that are responsible to keep us protected and keep us safe as long as we're in the right place and we're heeding to what they're telling us to do and telling us where we need to be. And then listen to this one to command with authority. To command with authority. That's what that word means. He has given his angels charge over you. He has given them that ability to command with authority. When we are confessing the word of God, when we are pleading the blood in the name of Jesus and somebody's about to run into our car, those angels have been given authority to push that car back. Hallelujah. To command with authority. They have been given charge to say, oh no, you don't. No, you don't. No evil's coming near them. They are a believer. They are a confessor. They are standing on the word. They are in my charge. They are, I've been given the task to keep them safe. Hallelujah. I'm glad they're working for me. I'm glad God's given his angels assignment to watch over me. I'm glad that God gives modern day accounts of angels showing up. Divine intervention with words from heaven that encourage us, that give us what we need to make it through tough places. Did you know God does that? Angels show up and they minister strength, encouragement, and wisdom. I have a clip here tonight. This is a modern day account. Ninth February, ninth, well, it's not too modern, 17 years ago, but uh, more modern than Bible times. February of 1999, Pastor Mark and I were at Winter Bible Seminar. Brother Hagen, I can't show you the whole clip, but he started talking about angels. And he started talking about how recently in some of his meetings that an angel was showing up. And this angel would go and stand by certain people and tell Brother Hagen what to say to them and what to minister to them. So let's pick this. That's the background of this. And let's just look at this clip. And just so you know, this is not pastor's younger brother. It is not Pastor Juan. It is pastor. The black hair, the mustache might fool you. But (laughs) let's take a look at this clip if we can. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, since October, I've not had another manifestation like that. But that angel that walked down that aisle and stood beside our dear brother and said, minister to him, said in the future, at different times, I'll show you who to minister to. Do you find any scripture for it? Well, we got scripture that would, would cooperate enough, wouldn't it? I said, wouldn't it? Amen? Praise God. And so I saw that angel also come and stand beside. I get over in the spirit realm. It's hard for me to think naturally. Mark. Mark. I was trying to say Mark Thomas. I couldn't say it. 
because I had to get back out of my spirit over into my mental realm to be able to do it. Mark, instead of me coming up there, you're younger than I am, two or three days, <laughs> come down here. Though the angel went up there and stood by you and pointed you out. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Divine. Divine wisdom will be given unto you. You'll know exactly the step to take. Steps. More than one. Steps to take. And you'll have rest in your spirit. Be glad and rejoice. Be glad and rejoice. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Devil's a liar. We got him on the run. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Now you know that is so precious to us. Because when that happened, I know we went back to the hotel that night and we were looking at each other and we were like, I'm not sure what that is about. Do you know? And we didn't know. But something showed up in August of that year. That was February. Something showed up in August. Remember, the angel will go before you and prepare. He prepared us for something that was going to happen in August. And it happened just like the angel said. Wisdom was given. The right steps were taken. And victory came. Hallelujah. It wasn't overnight. It was a process. But victory came. And ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <clears throat> you couldn't see that there, but Brother Hagin kicked his foot. He kicked the pastor's foot. Well, just like that, real hard. And said, ha, ha, ha. The devil is a liar. And we've got him. On the run. I'm telling you. You want to say something? Go ahead. <clears throat> Words from the Lord like that are not just for that season, but yeah. divine wisdom for the season we're in now. And for several seasons that we've been through. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, divine wisdom will be given to you. You know exactly what steps. And then he kind of punched me a little bit and said, steps. So I hold on to that. Amen. And I praise God for supernatural wisdom. Amen. 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 So as you're praying for Brenda and I and the pastoral staff, just pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God would just increase more and more. And whatever steps that need to be taken will be sure-footed in the steps that the commander-in-chief directs. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't that awesome? You know, we talked about this, but I want to reiterate this scripture over in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. In the New King James, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who shall inherit salvation? They minister for us. They minister to us. They deliver messages from God. And just God has given them to us, but we have to send them forth. 
When certain things come up, we have angels at our access, but they hearken. It says over in Psalms that they hearken to the voice of his word, to the command of his word. Of course, God, Jesus commanding them, but us speaking the word of God activates them and sends them forth. Hallelujah. Now I want to back up to Hebrews 1, 7. Because we're going to get, it's still talking about angels here. It says, and of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Of course, angels are spirits and his ministers are flames of fire. But I want to just say something here. I want you to look at that verse in the Amplified. Referring to angels, he said, God who makes his angels wins. That's the proper translation there. Wins. And his ministering servants flames of fire. I don't know if you're getting it, but I get it. What does wind do to fire? It ignites it and it causes it to spread further and further. As we approach the end of this age, there is going to be an increase of angels winds. Winds. Fanning, hallelujah, fanning the flames in the people of God, making the ministers flames of fire and the wind of those angels. They're in here right now. Not all of them have wings, but a lot of them do. Woo! And those wings get to flapping, hallelujah. There's some wind that starts a happening. Sending people around the world. Hallelujah. I believe it. We're about to see a flurry of angelic activity upon the earth at the end of the age that we are living in. They're heavenly assistants. They get involved in helping us in many areas, helping us to win souls. They get involved in helping us with finances. Brother Hagen, we heard him say this over and over again. He didn't pray about his finances. He said, angels, I send you forth to go and to bring the money in. They're working for us. Whatever you need, they will hearken to the voice of faith and go and make divine appointments. They'll go and cause glorious connections. They can go and they can cause promotions on your job. Unexpected income. They are working on our behalf. Hallelujah. But they also, they get involved in reaping the harvest. We're at the time when we need divine supernatural intervention and bringing in the mighty harvest in this earth. Matthew 13 has several parables in it. And one of the parables is the parables of the, the wheat and the tares. 
And after Jesus laid that out, because he's talking about the, this harvest field and there's weeds in there and all of these things. And his disciples are like, Lord, what are you talking about? And this was his answer to them found in verse 37 of Matthew 13. He answered and he said to them, he who sows to he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. Note it does not say the end of the world, the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. King James says the end of the world, and that's not right. It's the end of the age that Jesus was talking about. What age? The end of the church age. We are not going to always be doing what we are doing tonight. We are in the dispensation of grace. We are in the church age. But this age is going to come to an end. People are not going to be able to get born again like you and I have the privilege of doing. And he's telling his disciples, the time is coming when this age, this time of harvest is going to run out. And then he goes on and he tells them that he says, but while you are here, you've got help. We got help. He called, what did he call angels? Harvest reapers. The reapers are the angels. There are harvesting angels that are going to help us at the end of the age to bring in a mighty harvest. And don't look at me and say, oh, goody, the angels are going to do it. So that means I don't have to witness. I don't have to go out and tell anybody about Jesus. I don't have to pray. No, they're going to help us. Angels can't do the job of the church. They are heavenly assistants. Sit to help us and to give us some supernatural tools. Hallelujah. To bring in the harvest. Part of the tools that we are going to need are finances. Finances to help take care of the mighty harvest. That word that Brother Hagin gave, steps. Showing you the steps that need to be taken. We are claiming that for the vision of this church. The finances of this church. Hallelujah. We're believing for abundance. Glory to God. Now let me read you a story here. This is out of Pastor Mark Brzee's book on angels. And it's awesome. About how they get involved in our finances. A minister friend of mine... was having a very difficult financial problems. He was in a hotel room praying about the money that he needed. All of a sudden, he sensed a presence walk into the room. He looked up, and there was a huge angel standing right in front of him. He said the angel didn't say a word. He just stood there staring at him. The minister didn't know what to do. He just looked back at him. And then he thought to himself, what's he here for? What does he want? Do you have a message from God? But he did not say a word. 
And then all of a sudden, out of his mouth, without thinking, the minister said this. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Instantly, the angel turned and shot into the air like a rocket. Almost immediately, my finances turned around. Money started coming in from everywhere to help Meet the need. Glory to God. The angels are a working, bringing the money in. The angels are a working, bringing the money in. Can you handle one more scripture? We haven't been going that long. Over in the book of James, in James 5, let me just give you the summary of the first three verses of James 5. It's actually, it's a, a... a warning to people that have riches. And it's telling them, don't hoard it up. Don't store it up. Your money is corrupt. If you just hide it here and store it up there. God is not opposed to us having money. But he wants money not to have us. And he wants us to look at money with a mission. Yes. You know, there's no shortage of finances in the earth. There are billionaires all over this planet. There are people that are storing up money in all sorts of banks and accounts. They don't know what to do with it. They have their faith in money. But this chapter warns, your money ain't going to save you. Stop storing it up. It's going to turn to moth and rust. We need to use our money. For the good. Use our money for the kingdom of God. And then let's pick it up here. James 5 and verse 4. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mold your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. The cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabot. You know, I always thought that was the Lord of Sabbath. It's not. Saboath is how you say it, I guess. Sabbath, we know, is the Lord's day. But this is the Lord of Saboath. So I went and looked up that word. And you know what that word means? The Lord of... It literally means host. Or heavenly host. So what this is saying, that Jesus, he is the Lord... Of the heavenly host. And he is going to get his angels involved. In money not being in the wrong hands. Money getting into the right hands. Money coming into the kingdom of God. Now the best way is for people that have these oodles of money. Is for them to get born again. And them to come into the kingdom with their money. But if they are not even born again, I still believe it, that God is going to help us. He can get angels involved and just tapping people on the shoulder, driving by this building and saying, you know, I think I'll go in there and pay that church off. You, you know what? Money coming into the kingdom of God. Money with a mission. Now look at the rest of that chapter. James chapter 5. I didn't have that down. I need to turn over there. We just read verse 4. But this is all in conjunction with the end 
of the age where you and I are right now. We read verse 4, but then look at verse 7. Therefore, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Hallelujah. This whole chapter is about the coming of the Lord. And him supplying, him getting the money into the right hands. Him using the harvesting angels. Glory be to God. The him being the Lord of the host of heaven. That mighty heavenly host. What is that mighty heavenly host? It's the angels of the Lord that are encamped round about us. It's the angels of the Lord that hearken to the voice. Of his word. Are y'all ready to do some sending? Glory be to God. I want to close by reading another statement. Out of Pastor Mark's book. About the end of the age. Where we're at right now. We need angels. Helping with harvest. And bringing in souls. We need angels. Protecting Christians. We need angels bringing direction and instruction, just like that angel did to Pastor Mark. We need angels delivering healings and miracles. We need angels bringing in money and divine connections. If you own a business, customers, clients, Patience, whatever you need in your business. We need angels working with us, whatever we're doing in the will of God. We're the flames, they're the wind. And we need to activate them. Glory to God. I trust that your spirit has been stirred. And your faith has risen. We don't pray to angels. We don't worship angels. But we send them forth to do the work of the Lord that he's called us to do to help us. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus.